Welcome to the Emo Social Club podcast, broadcasting to you from EmoSocialClub.tv. I am Brian. And I'm Lizzie. This is the Emo Social Club podcast, the emoist uh, podcast you could have. Honestly. And uh, there's just, you know, now we're just adding emo in front of things. That's what we do uh, in our world now, in our community. We just add emo in front of stuff. Because we're emotastic. Anyway. <laughs> This episode <laughs> is with Emo Orchestra and Hawthorne Heights. Because Hawthorne Heights is the band currently on tour with Emo Orchestra, which we'll get a little bit more into in this interview. What the hell that means exactly. Yeah. But it's a whole thing. Do, uh, and so we, uh, we, we, we wanted to chat with them about what this whole thing is, you know, what this orchestra thing is. And uh, we get into it. We get into uh, the production. We get into the the logistics of it. We get into the music that they play. We get into, you know, everything about the show. So uh, you're going to want to make sure to check this interview out and then go get some ticks. Hit up them ticks. Yeah, as long as uh, this episode is coming out Monday, we're, this is, we're being recorded a little bit ahead of time. So with the last leg of their tour, make sure you go and see them. You can yeah. also travel because it's not inside some of the city, like actual cities. It's near them. Do you say well, this is coming out Monday? It's Tuesday. Fuck! Start over. Well, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. We're not actually starting over. I adjust the mic. Okay. It's uh, coming out Tuesday. Yeah. So make sure you get your ticks. Uh, and before you buy those ticks, maybe you're on the internet. Maybe you're you're scouring the. You're using your Chrome browser and you're scouring the web. And uh, make sure that you you scroll your way over to us on social media. Maybe maybe you go to at emo social club on Instagram. Maybe you go to x emo social club x on Twitter and Consider. TikTok. Still not calling it X. Yeah, I'm never going to call it X. That sounds like the stupidest fucking thing. They can't, they cannot fuck up that website more than they currently have. It is yeah, they, insane. They railed it to the ground. It's just terrible. fucking railed it. Just fucking railed into it. Just deep dick that website. <laughs> Hello? My mom doesn't listen to this podcast. I can say whatever I want. <laughs> You can delete deep dick this pop. <laughs> you can delete deep dick to this website I off of the episode. I was not ready for that. Holy yeah, well, shit. sometimes you got to take it a little bit farther. Um, um, take it outside the city to locations nearby. <laughs> now this sounds like a murder. It sounds like the booking plan for emo orchestra. <laughs> yeah, uh, you, you know, go over to our social media. Let us know what you thought of this episode when you've listened to it. And then, uh, you know, check out all the other stuff. Leave a comment, too. Leave a comment. Uh, and make sure you, you are subscribed, because next week we will have our episode from when we were young. Yeah. And you don't want to miss that. Now, again, we're in the future. We're in the past and future here at we the same time. We haven't gone there yet. I'm assuming it was a good time. I hope yeah, it, was it was a great. good time. It was yeah. fantastic. We interviewed bands. Dude, we interviewed bands. Um so many of them. There was no wind. Not a one wind happened. Not one year. little wind. Not one little dust particle blew us away. I got I got a piece of sand in my eye. Damn. God damn the desert. <laughs> it's getting some sand in my eye. How am I supposed to watch my favorite band Blink 182 with all this sand in my eye? You just gotta blink a little bit to oh, get it gotta out. Blink 182 times to get the dust out of your eyes. <laughs> 
For the listener at home, I've never seen an episode of Rick and Morty, so don't don't be like this Rick and Morty ass motherfucker. <laughs> I feel like he's lying on some. I level. literally, I okay, I've watched one. I said uh-huh, this is not see, for me. See, this is not for me. Yeah, I had to learn that I didn't like it. Damn, I had one one. There was one night I was over at my friend's place. They made us just like watch a marathon of like Rick and Morty for like an hour and a half. Yeah, it's it was not, fine. It's fine. I think I should like it more considering how much I love Dan Harmon, and I just don't. I just can't. And it's not for me. It's not for me. Uh, maybe it's for you, and hopefully you 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 know what else is for you is the emo social club. emo social club and the emo orchestra. Uh, yeah, let's get into it. This is our episode with emo orchestra slash Hawthorne Heights. Uh, welcome to the emo social club podcast. I'm Brian, and I'm Lizzie. We're here with the emo orchestra. Ben, Matt, Evan, thanks for coming on the pod tonight. Thanks for having us. I will let you uh, all introduce yourselves as well uh, and what you do for for the Emo Orchestra, for Hawthorne Heights, for all of it, I guess. Yeah, uh, it's all it's yeah. all rolled into one. Yeah. <laughs> I'll, I'll start and then I'll go and then we'll we'll go me, Evan, and then Matt and oh, yeah. and go from there. Uh, so. Um, I uh, I produce. I've been booking Hawthorne Heights for a little over a decade. Um, you know, we've uh, we've always done stuff a little bit differently, and we've always been trying to you know try to be creative with the stuff that uh, we do instead of just having the traditional agent artist relationship. We try to bounce each bounce ideas off each other and just see what we can uh, what new things we can deliver to fans. The emo orchestra concept. My wife and I uh, came up with the idea and put the pieces together. Uh, found Evan through an AOL chat room. Um, we were looking <laughs> for love in the wrong places, and we just happened to find <laughs> each other. Um, <laughs> and <laughs> it's funny because every every interview we ever did with our like when we were interviewing our orchestra, our carried orchestra. Um, I literally told a different story about how Evan and I met and anyways, uh, <laughs> um, so met Evan and Matt plays for Hawthorne and I'll let Evan give a little introduction on himself, his self. Sure. Uh, yeah, I'm Evan. I'm the conductor and arranger for the show and, um, I have my background. I kind of started as like a, a scene kid with hair that was like. I, I was I was explaining this to someone the other day on my license. It's like down, it's right down to my shoulders. Oh, yeah. And I played like bass in a bunch of like local kind of hardcore bands and stuff in Birmingham in the UK, in the mm-hmm. middle of the UK. And um, I started out kind of doing their strings and their tracks and their arrangements for their albums and stuff. And I just fell in love with that side of things. And that kind of led me to go down the classical music path. So I kind of took a hiatus from the kind of metal scene for a while as I kind of now work in like film sessions and game music as well and TV music um, and then have kind of come full circle with this show. So have kind of done some um, done some stuff for bands and uh, some string production and stuff. And then, uh, yeah, and then Ben reached out and uh, we put together the show, uh, which is Emo Orchestra. Uh, and I am Matt. Um, I play bass and sing background vocals for Hawthorne and have been doing that forever at this point and now i'm in a hampton inn so i'm living the dream 
<laughs> not name dropping. Let's try to get hey, you guys a sponsor. It's a nice Hampton Inn, all right? <laughs> Listen, nice Hampton Inn also have free breakfasts, if I'm not wrong, oh okay? Free, be- free breakfast, and it is directly uh, on the beach, so I've heard of worse things. I was about to say. Oh, see? I okay. feel like you're good. Yeah, yeah we're good. Yeah. We're good. What are you complaining about? <laughs> yeah. What are you complaining about? So, I mean, obviously the 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 biggest question is why but also this is in a way like this is a fucking cool idea and an awesome idea but like how do you decide to like turn emo music into this and perform it and present it in this this format um i'll take that one um so my my i've had the idea for a little while um actually like try to use it to persuade bands to sign with me over the years Um, (laughs) okay and no one ever like decided to jump on it um and just because like i like listening to like those early 2000 records like especially like the used making memories and i just remember like watching that dvd over and over again where they like they flew to the uk and they had this like really cool string quartet performing with them and like story of the year use it and evidence evanescences use strings and all these bands from that scene have like used strings over the years but no one's really besides evanescence i guess has really like made a show out of it and i really feel like that the the noise that comes out of an orchestra and this style and this scene just fits so well and are just one really nice when you hear it together it's just one really nice cohesive unit um so the idea of 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 the actual emo orchestra, um, my wife and I were going through a pretty difficult time uh, in our lives, and without getting into the nitty gritty, this idea sort of was like, you know, let's just do it. Let's, you know, what else do we have to lose? And um, so started putting the pieces together. Um, like I said, I met Evan, and then proposed the idea to Hawthorne Heights as like. I remember like the, I don't I think it was, just, I just called JT one day. I'm like, yo, we're going to do an orchestra with Hawthorne Heights and <laughs> we're going to, we're going to figure it out. And it was just like a random call. I was probably driving home and he was like, all right, buddy, cool. What else? And we went, you know, went, went breezed over, <laughs> you know, just went over that and just kept talking about everything else. And then, you know, when the rest of the band, you know, had, we, we had all come to an agreement on it. And I think Matt can talk about the band side of things, but basically, like, the band agreed on it, and then, like, I got into my little bubble of booking and producing it and just let them do their own thing. And I think Matt's got a funnier side of the story. I mean, <laughs> my favorite part of it, um, we went out to eat. It was it was just me, Mark, and Poppy, our drummer. And we were, like, doing something with the band. I forget what it was. We went to eat, and we talked about emo orchestra as, like, a concept and we brought it up because Ben called me about it. So I was bringing it up to Poppy and Mark. So I bring it up in the line for this. And Poppy, our drummer, said, I will not fucking do that. And then we're like, what do you, you oh. don't even, he, we go, I go, you don't even know what it is. Like, I don't know what it is. And he, he his response was, I will not learn how to play a timpani. Mm, he okay. thought he was going to be an orchestra <laughs> member because he's yes. just, oh my god <laughs> apparently he never saw metallica to s&m he just never put it two yeah together. okay but he thought we were like i was gonna be on trumpet mark was gonna be like i don't know oh, what he was so we were gonna go the whole yeah, everyone's yeah. gonna be in tuxes yeah. all like yeah. suited up and everything yeah, 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 yeah. i don't know what he thought it was but i i died laughing i was definitely there for it yeah very funny <laughs> um 
but yeah, you know, the the other side of this too is like, as um, as as the band calls us, elder emos, right? We we are we are we have jobs, we get married, we have kids, and we want to experience this music with our families too. And I can't necessarily take my kid to like I live in Nashville, so like the basement east or like mm-hmm. the end or like another like rock club because a it's gonna be past her bedtime and b <laughs> she's just not gonna have fun. And so where the show plays in like your traditional soft seated theater um, is funny. JT was talking about the other night. Um, you know, we, we punished, they punished, not me, they punished their fans over the course of 20 years, standing on blacktop at Warp Tour, waiting to see Hawthorne Heights and their other favorite bands and having, you know, one $20 bill and deciding to spend that $20 bill on a t-shirt instead of water. Now (laughs) you get a comfy seat. It's a 45 minute set with a 15 minute intermission followed by another 45 minute set. You get to have some overpriced glass of wine. You get to have nice merch. You're in air conditioning. Yeah, I guess you could. And, I guess you could like dress up too, so you can also exactly. like go out and and splurge on a nice outfit if you mm-hmm. you know exactly. just to treat yourself. And we encourage it. No tux given. Now I will say God I am it. still waiting another probably like 14 years to hear you guys play Skeletons live again. Oh my god. Oh my god. That's gonna be a tough. Might wait another 14 years on that. Yeah, Damn, yeah. I know. I was. Uh, we were talking to our friend Manny from Action Adventure, and I was like, "Hey, can you ask them to play Skeletons at Riot Fest?" And he's like, "Lizzie, no. why are you like this?" I'm like, "Listen, that's me and my best friend's favorite album. That's the first time I ever saw you guys at the Zoomies Couch Tour in Aurora, mm-hmm. Illinois, when I was 14 years old, <laughs> touring on that oh, album." Yeah. Uh, I don't think that one somehow turned this. (laughs) We did play that record one time straight through. Um, It was in, I think, Newport, Kentucky. And I'm pretty sure we have literally forgotten every song on it by this point. But maybe you never know. We do. We do weird shit all the time. So that's why we're on this call, actually, is that we will do weird shit. (laughs) I mean, listen, if if Ben's able to just call up JT and say, hey, Can we do? <laughs> I'll put, I'm not I can, having that call. Yeah, I'll, I, I think I got a better chance with Ben. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's yeah. Uh, and you're you're saying that like because it's it's emo orchestra. It's not Hawthorne Heights orchestra, obviously. So like there isn't just you know you're not just playing skeletons back to back every night uh, or any other album that you have. But it's more <laughs> like an emo celebration rather than just like Hawthorne Heights doing Hawthorne Heights music in front yep. of an orchestra. Yeah, we play we, um, we play so how to, we play four Hawthorne songs. The rest is a celebration mm. of the genre for sure. Now so, when it comes to like picking some of these songs, yeah. are you taking like the main popular ones or are you taking any like deeper cuts or how are you guys kind of like figuring that um, out in that process? For for our own songs, we we picked like one deep cut out of our catalog that we never play live because it's acoustic. Um, fans really like it, but we just never get a chance to play it because we're too busy rocking. Uh, the rest of them, we kind of like did this weird, <laughs> this weird dance of like what's popular, what's doable in JT's vocal range, and then that led us th- those like couple things led us to the twelve, thirteen, fourteen songs, whatever it is. Um, so that's basically how we got on that. We we found out very quickly Evan can do whatever we need him to because that was a worry. We're <laughs> like, oh, well, what if we run out of time? It's like, well, Evan's just fast and really talented. So 
Uh, we're good on that. So basically, it was just kind of <laughs> catering to what JT could do, what we think we could do justice to. Like, you don't want to go up there and just, like, completely destroy a yellow card song. Like, if you can't do it right, sure. you don't want to be doing it. So, sure. uh, yeah, we kind of just trying to find what works for vocally is the hard one, really. You were saying... I think it's uh, cool, though, that, like... Oh, sorry. I was going to say, I think it's cool that in the show, uh, as you hear about it, though, what I didn't realize actually is the relationship that you guys have to a lot of the songs throughout the years, like every single one of them. um, JT definitely has, you know, background of where you were when it came up, how it influenced you guys as a band. And that's super cool because, you know, when when we were in the pre-production process, that's something that's only come to light when I've been you know jt hearing jt talk about it in the shows mm-hmm. yeah sure. uh, uh, it is it is uh, uh, from a fan's perspective the stories that jt's you know talks about because because he'll like be, he'll basically give like an intro of each song without saying the band name or the song name and then after he ends that we have we have two screens at the shows and it'll show the it'll show the the uh the band name and the song name and that's when everyone just like gets excited and then they start the song and from a fan's perspective just hearing because you never hear like you you know you hear like the the stories behind the songs of the band that wrote them but you never hear it from perspectives of bands that were also in the scene at that time also being influenced because the emo genre was like this this like beautiful birthing of like punk and hardcore and metal and and just like just it, it, it you know it's uh, every single one of those bands was feeding off of each other at that time and 2003 to 2005 was just like the perfect storm of like a brand new genre that sort of escaped from the flames <laughs> and hearing their point of view was great I'm gonna put that, that list cool. here <laughs> keep that out of the way yeah. listen we don't we don't censor but listen you also don't want to sp- be like boo <laughs> Lizzie spilled all over my apartment before yeah. I started recording. Yeah, I spilled so. the kombucha as soon as I walked into yeah, this place. Exploded. I was like, well, that's it. It's game over. So no matter what you do, you can't make more of a mess than Lizzie's already made in my apartment. <laughs> are we ready to get spooky and also throw down in the pit? Of course you are. And you're going to be able to do that on Saturday, October 28th at Cobra Lounge with our besties Wolf Road and us doing the DJ after party. Other bands like Cut Your Losses, Ghoul for a Goblin, Luca, and so many more are going to be there to get you riled up and get you ready to monster mosh the night away. For more info, visit dice.fm and search monster mosh. The show is all ages until we get to the after party, then it's 21 plus. Sponsored by Pabst Blue Ribbon. As a kid who was an emo kid in high school and grew up, I, I was in choir. I wasn't in orchestra myself, but... I had a lot of friends that were in the band and the orchestra and uh, everybody was just sort of into this music because it was, I finished, I I graduated high school in 05. So that was like kind of just right around when everything was popping off and uh, Fall Out Boy and Hawthorne were on TRL and doing all the, all the stuff with, uh, with TRL. Um, Do you think that there's like, (laughs) are you all just like emo uh, orchestra kids that are just like, I really just need a way of like having that, that high school experience, (laughs) but as an adult now, (laughs) I'll speak for myself. I got, I I got enough. I got enough bands in high school. Like I'm, (laughs) I got enough of that. 
Uh, for for me, I mean, um, I mean, I'm I'm, uh, you know, uh, I don't. JT said it really well the other night. Like, you don't need to grow up from this music. You know, like you can still enjoy this music as adult growing. You know, being an adult doesn't mean listening to Beyonce or whatever as he said. Um, <laughs> you know, like you can still, even though this is this this scene and genre is always dubbed as like teenage angst, it doesn't mean that like you can't listen to it as an adult. I mean. I, I listened to Wonder Years, Taking Back Sunday, Hawthorne Heights, Emory, like all of the bands from the scene still, and I'm 34. Mm-hmm. You know, like I, I'm truly passionate about the scene and the impact that it's had on my life as well as everyone else's lives around us. Um, and especially now that most, a lot of us have kids too, like it's important to like make sure our kids have this stuff because it got us through some difficult times and it can get other people through stuff. I just, yeah, and I, I definitely came here. from the, the, <laughs> like, for me, it's super cool when after we finish shows, you, you do actually hear from that next generation of kids, and you'll get, like, an 11-year-old girl come to you in a Mike MT show who's like, I play violin at school, mm-hmm. and, you know, I, that's all I want to do, but they also love this music, and for them, there's no other experience, I don't think, that is really speaking to them, um, and, you know, you get also multi-generation families that come like we had one the other night that was like a whole family and the son was just getting into it and taking instrument lessons. So I think, you know, if we're not indoctrinated, they will be. <laughs> which is the plan. <laughs> Very fair. It's like starting them young and then like interweaving it. But is there any, I know that there's like the, the sparrow sleeps type of thing for like the babies, but are we ever going to have the teen version of like an emo orchestra or like emo music blended together just for the kids? Or are we just going <laughs> to yeet them right into it? <laughs> yeet them right into it is always the answer. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> it is, I, I, you know, like, like there's there's a lot of, like, pieces of this show that I thought about, like, as from, like, the producing, or sorry, my wife and I thought about from, like, the producing side of this thing as, like, a fan of the genre, a fan of, like, the concept and, like, being it, you know, having it be like a family-friendly emo night with Hawthorne Heights as your guide through the genre, and mm-hmm. so like, you know, we've got like a pin set that you can buy only at shows right now, and it's, you know, like you'll have like our emo skeleton logo mascot guy, um, you know, playing the cello and the violin and the horn and the clarinet, and our hope is like what Evan was saying is like, oh, like this, you know, eleven-year-old girl just started playing violin and she sees this show and all of a sudden her concept of music and what it can do in her life goes from this small little bubble of playing and recitals to I can be a touring musician and play with rock bands. And, um, you know, grabbing a pin set and wearing that pin as, like, their motivation, you know, as they continue their own musical career and journey. So, um, there's just, you know, our our main motivation for this is creating opportunities, um, you know, continuing to um, invest uh, into each market as far as, like, um, uh, as far as, I just totally lost my train of thought. Um, anyways, it's a great show. It's family friendly. It's wonderful. Let's <laughs> <laughs> go put that whiskey over here. <laughs> yeah. Put that whiskey a little closer. <laughs> Uh, I'm going to ask a question too that uh, uh, for you, Evan. Um, we talked with yeah. uh, Chris Dudley of Under Oath, and my question for him yeah. was like, how do you 
become a keyboardist in a metal band? <laughs> like, how do you go? I love metal. I'm gonna play a keyboard in it. And like, what? Where does that come from? So for you, how do you play metal music and then go? Nah, I'm gonna conduct string instruments instead. Yeah. <laughs> sure. Well, it's funny, you know, like I, because I, I would start as a bass player, like Matt, right? And um, then I actually took up keyboard probably for the same reason that Chris said is that you start like programming all the string stuff and that's kind of what you're interested in and you do the production side. Um, and I don't know, for me, like I always kind of kept my pulse on the scene. I've always loved the music all throughout all my classical studies, you know, that they, they take a lot of years. Um, and kind of classical music is definitely where I ended up where my kind of head was, but this music is where my heart is, right? So like that's kind of where I've now kind of in the past three, four years kind of found that happy middle ground where I wouldn't so much say I was doing like conducting in the scene and growing up with it, but it was like I was in the scene, I went away from it to do my conducting. And now in the past few years, I've come back to it and found that like, man, it's cool when you mash it together. You know, like Ice Nine Kills was doing it for a while as well. And like so many bands use just it's usually the producer that does it. And now there's like another live element where now you can have conductors and live players and stuff. And um, yeah, it's super fun oh, in this genre specifically. Now, Matt, with this all going on, are we gonna see more strings come out in any upcoming Hawthorne like songs or like albums or anything like that? I don't know. I mean, we just released a string version of our new song, which is uh, really cool. Evan crushed that. Um, and we're playing, we're debuting a song. We're playing that song for the first time ever with an orchestra, which is insane to even think about. Called the storm. Um, <clears throat> yeah, called the storm. Um, but I mean, who knows? Like, if something, I feel like every time we write an acoustic song, strings always gets brought up. Uh, that album you like, Skeletons, the strings on the end of that were forty thousand dollars. We always talk about it. Um, wow. so we always talk about like, what a, wow. what a colossal waste of money that was but, uh, it's like at, the, at the very end of the album. It's like this arrangement, live strings played. We just always talk about how expensive yeah. it was. Um, but I, I mean, who knows if something fits, we're always, we're always adding it for sure. So, but who knows for now, we're just enjoying playing all these songs with an orchestra. I think it's, it's, it's been fun to like do something different. I mean, that's my favorite part about all of this is like I've been running around the country playing the playing the same six songs and then adding four other ones uh, for 20 <laughs> years. So the idea that we're doing something <laughs> completely different is like really refreshing to me. Um, like for, I'd say until the last show, my hands were definitely sweaty every show, the first set, until until like two <laughs> shows ago. Like I was nervous because I'm like, I'm going to mess this up. Because most of our songs are just rinse and repeat can play them in your sleep not these so got to be on your yeah. on your toes <laughs> well, yeah, but who you knows we'll do whatever cool. sounds good Evan, i can't i think forty thousand dollars for that yeah that's so crazy that's Evan crazy. did not charge us that was somebody else what are you talking yeah, about yeah, cheap. super cheap <laughs> that was expensive and i'm you a got a deal in there <laughs> yeah. you, you, you got Costco strings. I don't know where you got them from. <laughs> I don't know either. I just remember seeing it's either forty or sixty thousand dollars, and we could not stop no, talking about how insane it was. So it's a lot of money. It's a lot of money. 
Especially and actually think... just on that point, you know, that's why so many bands like, you know, a lot of stuff that I do for records and stuff, because, um, you know, like the, you know, the fake strings that we use, all the MIDI has gotten so good nowadays. Like most of the time, that's what we're using, like on records. If you hear most of what we do on strings on records, that's what we're doing. Um, live shows, it's different because you need the people living, breathing that in. Um, but now it's made a lot more affordable for bands and indie bands as well to like get that kind of production quality that they didn't have access to before, which is super cool. Because otherwise, yeah, you're, you know, when you're doing, I, it was the same deal for like Events Unfold and Little Piece of Heaven. I'm sure that was like nearly 100K or something. Jeez. It's, it's crazy. Damn. Jesus. I could have cut a couple of minutes off that song. <laughs> <laughs> Made it a little cheaper. Right, right, right. Or at least <laughs> not put it last on the Speaking album. Of... That... If I'm if I'm paying yeah. forty grand yeah, yeah, for yeah. strings, I'm putting that thing at the front. If I'm the label, yeah, that's like one of that's like the first right. three songs, no in between. Yeah. That's yeah. it. Yeah. Everyone's about to hear this song, whether 100%. they like it or not. A hundred percent, exactly. Um, I think speaking of, speaking of songs and and the setlist, I think um, the, the just the um not like difficulty but the sort of like almost culture shock i feel like the that you that the band has talked about like learning these songs too has always been pretty interesting to uh hear from your perspective matt like the songs that are easy the songs that are difficult some of them are too easy which makes it way (laughs) harder some of these songs like the yellow card song has three notes the whole time so it's very sim. if you don't know the song which i do you will get lost just playing these same three notes. The verse is the same as the chorus. You will get lost if you're not paying attention. Um, some of them are very weird. The Take Back Sunday song is very strange. Like, just something we would never do it, like the way they did it. Um, so you got to be up on your toes. The Use song is crazy. I mean, it's been really fun to dive into these and like be like, oh, I see why this song's interesting. Or, oh, I didn't expect, like, the Use song. This is dumb but they they go to like a turnaround chord before the chorus on the first two times and then the last one they don't go to that they just like sit on a the last chord of the verse and then go straight in the chorus i've heard the taste of ink a million times but never paid attention but when you're actually learning it it forces you to pay attention and we'll i mean we'll probably when we go write a new record i'm sure we'll be like oh let's use that trick that fallout boy used at the in that pre-chorus or i'm sure that will come up because we just went through and learned all these. The one thing I did learn, if you want to write an emo hit, three chords, not four. Three, three. chords only. Three. Most <laughs> of these keep are it three simple. chords. Gotta keep it short, sweet, to the point. Mm-hmm. Gotta get everybody into it. Mm-hmm. The emo hit was three chords. Ohio's for Lovers, three chords. Ocean Avenue, three. Sugar We're Going Down's four, technically. Um, but Story of the Year, three. They're all three pretty interesting to find that out by going through and learn them <laughs> so i'm i'm getting here is that we picked a bunch of three chord songs mm-hmm. that were that we are going to hear you play mm-hmm. and then maybe a couple other just to mix it up just to catch people on their toes yeah. and hope that they're not like disassociating the entire time so you can be like got them <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah well yeah i mean there's only a few songs with four chords and they're all ours, which is weird. So apparently we don't write hits. <laughs> Overcomplicating the issue. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So. 
but I think it goes to show just like how like how much melody is like the driving factor of all these songs like, I think one of your the first thing the first questions was like why this genre and what makes this good for orchestra and Ben said because the orchestra fills kind of a gap and in my when I got to it what I found really um nice and also kind of easy was these songs are just so melody driven that there's a lot of space when the vocals aren't happening that the orchestra can shine whereas in other genres if you've got a lead guitar going all the way through the chorus or something like there's no room to do something else with the orchestra or like prog or something like everything's so detailed and has a space that there's nothing that's being said that's gonna an orchestra will not just get in the way whereas here the melody is everything uh the vocal is everything um and the way that the vocal is sung is everything so you can really weave in and around that and in the verses to kind of make your point with the orchestra so it's actually made the job um a lot more uh creative and a lot more space and inspiring i definitely think this genre works better than some other ones could mm-hmm. yeah oh yeah most definitely it's, it's not like you're gonna have like i don't know like an edm orchestra at some okay, point I immediately thought how cool that would be i mean it would probably be cool <laughs> yeah, but it would probably be very hard <laughs> to break it all down like that yeah 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 i mean my we, favorite we ones on this uh real quick my favorite ones on this we went the first time we sat down and we're like okay so we have to rehearse evan sent over the the what the orchestra is going to be like so we can get in our heads the we did hey there delilah the first time and we all like took our headphones off and we were like, wow. Like that it like truly makes the song move unlike unlike you've heard it before for sure. Like we were all like, holy shit, like this is really amazing what, what he did. Cause it's like the choruses lift in a different way. Cause it just it sounds like an acoustic guitar and a person singing. And this, the cor- the orchestra like lifts it in a way that previously wasn't there. Um, same thing with Follow You in the Dark, for sure. Oh yeah, I feel like already if you hear you will I will follow you (laughs) into the dark. You're already gonna be crying, so I feel like the orchestral version is means I'm gonna be bawling. Yeah, it just hits you different. There's something about it. I couldn't (laughs) I couldn't tell you what it is, but it does hit different. I I, I mean like on that point actually, like what Matt was saying about it being three chords, like and when the chorus comes back, especially in the acoustic songs. I was super mindful of like each chorus has to grow throughout the song so that the final one should feel like you know we've reached some sort of you know mountaintop because otherwise the song can feel very static which on a record really works and when it's the original singer then you you get that kind of connection but when you're kind of doing it live i think that's the only way to make it work so that was definitely a thing at the back of my head and in this genre i mean i know our band's done it i know every other band's done it everybody does the last chorus everybody's either going half time or double time changing something about that last chorus to get that next to try to lift it beyond to try to give a payoff at the end because somebody sat there for three minutes and 15 seconds so give it to them when when i talk about the show too it's like these songs and what evan has done to them too it's like we were when we were like talking about how to tell like when Matt and I were talking about how to tell Evan what we want um, it was like like it was basically like a lot of like 
don't follow this, don't follow this, but really just do whatever you want. And Evan really like add like takes these songs and adds a whole other dimension to them. So when you're hearing it, you can almost like you're hearing the original song because Hoth- like Hawthorne plays it very close to the original key and very close to the original melody line and vocal lines and so on. But it's like it's 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 much like a forty experience when you're listening to these songs because you're just like so like encompassed by each bit of it. It is very cool to listen to. Well, you're hearing something like insanely familiar, but in a completely new way right now, only once live, which is like that. Yeah. Those two things are just super cool. Uh, Cause most of these people have been here. I mean, yeah. we've all heard sugar. We're going down a million times. Well, the million and first time oh, yeah. is going to be an orchestra and then you're not going to hear it again. <laughs> it's just, it just, <laughs> it's cool. Like what it yep. is, is yeah. very live and very cool. So I know one of the reasons like uh, uh, when electronic or playing tracks or like having keys on stage or like whatever way bands got to like change over to like have uh, these like sounds happening on stage. The biggest thing that I always heard was like, well, yeah, logistically, I can't bring an orchestra on tour with me. So now logistically, you're bringing an orchestra on tour with you. <laughs> like, so how like logistically is this working as as a tour? Like, is it we got to have two trucks full of cellos or <laughs> like are, is the Hampton Inn on the beach completely rented out just yeah. for you guys right now? <laughs> basically, basically, there's a cool, what, there's a cool bus and there's a nerd bus. So. We'll start there. Oh, no. We'll start Which there. one are you on, though? Which one are I'm you on? on? Which record, one do you I'm think on you're cool on? Yeah. Evan, yeah. Evan's yeah. on the cool bus. I'm on the cool oh, bus. Yeah. Go ahead, Ben. Whichever bus uh, I'm on is the cool bus, right? It's, um, as someone who's, like, never produced a show before, and nor have I ever um, been... I mean, like I've done, I did tour when I was in high school and college, but I was never to this magnitude and really just like jumping in head first and finding the, the, like the rock six inches below the water. Um, that's basically what it felt like starting this run. Uh, I mean, you've got 24 people and two drivers to keep happy. Um, most of which have never met their, met each other in their entire lives. Uh, most of which have never toured before in their entire lives. Um, and you know it is it's definitely not a cheap process but from what i've done in the past of how i've like put packages together as far as like booking bands and orchestras because i've done this before i've done a lot of like uh special attractions theatrical bookings over the years both in arena level and theater levels i knew how to build it out on like the financial end of things but to see it with like all the this is how much tour buses cost now and trailers cost and per diems and salaries and this and that it is like it's basically money in money out money in money out mm. um constantly so yeah logistically if i was a band i was like oh let's bring a let's bring an orchestra out like yeah i would i would put my head through the wall but because it's <laughs> it be, but because of how cool this is and um you know like what we see each night and the 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 messages that we receive it it makes it worth it you know i would i would go through this a hundred thousand times uh if if it meant this is what we would get you know this is what the reaction would be because it is worth it and you know we're delivering something that's not been done before and in the music industry that's a pretty fucking difficult thing to do because everybody's already done it um so we're we're you know we're uh uh 
making new ground here, so. Yeah. I think it makes it worth it, like, logistically, just (laughs) after the shows, when you speak to people and, you know, usually people kind of nod and say, that was great, you know, you did a great job, but genuinely, like, I can remember quite a few that come up and say, like, this is the best show, like, I've ever seen, which they don't say lightly as well, you know, these are road-hardened showgoers. and so they, they definitely have a tier list in their head of what the shows and what their favorite bands were and where they were and when they were. And for them to kind of come and you know, include that is like, I think it is because it's a little bit like that no expense spared, like that 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 show, that spectacle, like that's not common um, on the road. And I think it's huge when people see it in their hometown. Yeah, and just the way now, the show is, is... Is it too early? Go ahead, you can go. <laughs> no, we want to hear from you. Okay. Yeah, from you. Uh, I was going to say the way the show is set up and I don't, I'm not sure this was like on purpose, but um, <clears throat> the way it's played out, we have these screens and then like JT will do his story. You'd see people talking to each other the whole time, like trying to guess who it is. Oh, I bet it's this. I saw the set list or whatever. And then some people don't know what's coming. The screen hits the right before the song starts, the screen hits the name the entire crowd cheers. So they're like, Oh my God. And then within like three seconds, so they get to do the whole, like I told you it was that or whatever. And then we play mm-hmm. it. They all sing a lot. So it feels like a completely interactive show the entire time. Um, and I'm not sure like that was like really planned out like that, but it just kind of wasn't actually out like that. The, the way that there's the way that there's time we originally set the video was like, you were to play just as the as the as the song name came up, but like the first show, we it like it's sort of like the time codes got shifted, so like the the name of the song came up, and then everybody cheered, and then you guys went into it. It's actually really funny. The first words on stage at Emo Orchestra show was "fuck" because it was the, <laughs> like Nick like it, Nikki FM came up on the screens, and people cheered so loud that the guys couldn't hear the the count in on their ears, so they missed the count in. Yeah. And so, so our, we just stood there, our, and then our, our our guitar player with us just goes "fuck," and then the crowd just laughed, <laughs> and then we just started it over because it was, or we just went actually. Yeah. But um, there's we, like we little accidental, started, yeah. yeah. But there's like little accidental things like that, and then they, and then it got fixed for two nights, maybe one night, and then we're like, "This sucks," yeah, actually. Night. Like we've got to switch it back to like this song is announced then we play it because it just seems like everybody like some people are like this their favorite song of all time so they stand up and sing it and then it just Mm -hmm. becomes an interactive thing because of that but uh my favorite thing on this tour not to derail um a few nights ago so me and the stand-up double bass is what it's called but it's a stand-up bass his name is kyle yeah me and him basically play the same thing so every night we'll like look back and we kind of mess around and we're playing the same thing essentially all night. I go downstairs after the show and I see Evan running looking for Kyle. I think something horrible has happened. Um, turns out a kid that just played double bass in school wanted to meet Kyle or Evan wanted to introduce <laughs> Kyle nah. to this guy. So yeah. it is just like, so like Evan's grabbing the stand up bass player and taking him up there. And Evan said the kid was like completely starstruck to meet Kyle, the bass player. Aww. Wow. It's just, it's just this like crazy, weird 
dynamic that's really cool. It's like flip. Yeah, it's so cool. <laughs> yeah, completely what so, <laughs> yeah, But yeah. I mean that that like aspect of They're this. Like, who, 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 fuck, yeah. fuck, fuck the bass player. I yeah. want to see. <laughs> I want to see this, the upright guy. Yeah, I want to be like. I wanted to go up there and be like, "Listen, kid, we're playing the same thing. Like, come on." Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, listen, yeah, yeah, you yeah. should I'm also be stoked yeah. to see me. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right, exactly. right. Yeah, so I wrote those parts, dude. So, but it's very, yeah, don't you want to meet me? Funny. I'm in but, Hawthorne Heights. Yeah, you'd be like, your parents yeah. would be soaked to meet me, right, kid. Right. Just you yeah. wait how you biffed it. But it was just very funny. The dynamic but, is just so fun. That dynamic's just cool. Yeah. But just to go back to the screens, like, I get it. It's really fun. Some venues, depending on where the screens get put up, like, I can see them really well. Some I can't or whatever. But because my back's to the audience, like, I just, I, I'm ready to start the song or whatever. And then you just hear, like, I remember in Atlanta or something, a song comes on, you just get this roar behind you of the crowd because they know they've just finally been let in on the kind of secret. And then you go. So it's it's cool for me because I get a little, like, adrenaline hit every single, like, 17 <laughs> times in the show as the audience kind of roar behind you. That's cool. Yeah, it's like, give like a little smile to the orchestra and it's like hell yeah like, oh yeah yeah like i at the point yeah we have whole faces we have in jokes it's it becomes a whole thing a whole a whole like routine right um and they, they love the show so it's it's really good fun on all, like on stage as well have you matt have you heard the uh the inside joke with the orchestra about the rocket ship story by the way i have no idea what you're talking about you know you, the, the 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 we rode this rocket a story uh right oh yeah jt's story December's or whatever yeah 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 it's a story about the rocket <laughs> yeah. if you next at the next show turn around when he's telling that story and you'll see like four players just doing this yeah, while he's talking nice, about it nice. <laughs> there's everybody nice. gets his they, they have his hand signals down they're just like yeah. it's like choreographed yeah 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 nice that's awesome the audience is going to be looking for it too Yes, yes. Yeah, we're yeah. going to drop this and if, for like the last close... like leg of it, everyone's going to be like, where's the rocket yeah. ship? I got to see it. <laughs> exactly. The rocket ship guy, where's he? <laughs> like, I think if you look closely, it depends where you sit. I think if you sat like uh, in the balcony, you could see the cellos so if you were looking kind of onto the, the where Matt, it, a base Matt here is standing. Like you'll see the cellos. If you watch them play that, I'm pretty sure Alex is singing every single word of Taste of Ink, <laughs> like all the way through. Like the, all the players know most of the words and like are super into it. But only I get to see it, so yeah. you know, unless you're kind of really high up. We should hit him with a mic, see how he does. <laughs> Surprise! Just stun, just stun attack. Yeah. Be like, keep going, keep going. Don't worry, don't worry. This is practice. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Play and sing. Play and sing. Folks, it's back. The Chicago Reader nominations for Best in Chicago. It's happening again. 2023. This is our year. Best music podcast. We're going to number one. Yeah. No more of this third place or even second place. We have to be number one. Yes. And I've been told that we cannot eliminate the competition through any other method than just being voted into number one. Yeah. Usually that's kind of illegal. So we have to do it the good old fashioned way by votes and nominations. Yes. As a rule following podcast, uh, please follow these rules along with us. Uh, head to our social media. We're on Instagram at emo social club. We're on Twitter at X emo social club X. You can find all of our information there of how to nominate us in Chicago reader. Uh, all the links will be there for you. So please take a moment and nominate us. If you enjoy the podcast, 
or nominate us because you just hate other podcasts. Yeah, it's really a, up to like how much do you hate other music podcasts in the Chicagoland area for some really strange reason. Um, and or you like us pretty well. And just a reminder, when you are going to vote, it's not under the regular best podcast. It's under best music podcast. And that's under the music and lifestyle category on the Chicago Reader website. But don't worry. Just go to all the links that Brian mentioned to you earlier and you, you will see that broken down. It'll take you right there. We're making it as easy as possible for you. If there's two things I know that motivate people, it's spite and convenience. Correct. <laughs> and we're doing both. Uh, thank you to everybody for nominating us. Thank you to everybody who will be part of the voting process later. We appreciate you. And uh, Chicago Reader, best of. It's us. It's time. It's us. 2023, baby. Baby. Now, with this going on the first run, is there ever going to be another second run of an emo orchestra? And would it be different songs or would you keep it the same? So the the idea with this show has always been to change out the featured band. So Hawthorne may not do the next one. It might be, I'm not even going to name names, but it might be so-and-so band featuring your more show. It might be so-and-so-so band featuring your more show, but it'll always be a different set list. We've been working on um, the, a concept uh, with like a string quintet um, and playing like sort of like smaller theaters and cabarets, uh, like you're in Chicago, so like city wineries. Style oh, that'd be yeah. nice. Yeah. Um, so you get like a band from the scene doing that. Um, the the sort of five year plan of of the company that my wife and I started is has always been to like what other genres can we mix this with? Like what other you know does it work in hip hop? Does it work in eighties metal? Does it work in hardcore? Does it work in this or that or whatever? Um, to basically you know like our our goal again is to to um, to get like that next generation interested in performing music, whether that be guitar, singing, violin, cello, horn, clarinet, whatever that is, if we can show that you can put all these instruments and you can play any style of music that you want, that's only going to continue to help um, uh, excite the next generation to express themselves through the arts. Um, and so that's what our ultimate goal is. But um yeah, I mean, you know, uh, you know, I definitely think that uh, this is not the last of Hawthorne Heights in the orchestra, but I think that they, what they have going on too with Is For Lovers and all the other stuff we're going on and, and doing throughout the years, um, you know, it, it, it would be, it's, it's exciting to see what's going to happen with both of us. Is that a good answer? Well, that's a good answer. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, there. <laughs> <laughs> just like just keep not <laughs> not that i am gonna tell you how to do anything but i immediately i was like this sounds like the perfect thing especially like in nashville just like a residency at a place where you just have like the orchestra set up and you just have like a band practice for like a couple of days and then come in and like do this at a place and then I'm like, no, don't do that because that's not going to be in Chicago. So uh, don't do yeah, that. Yeah, because then we're going to have to go down to Nashville. Yeah, because then we're traveling. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. A couple of the venues have asked us about residency, like concepts, um, which is fine. And I mean, we're we're down. I mean, we're not a nonprofit. We're down to go make money wherever. Um, but uh, we love the touring aspect because we get to play in. You know, like the band gets to play in some of these markets that they don't typically play in because, like Chicago, you're going to play House of Blues. But for us, mm -hmm. 
like we're gonna go play uh, the Genesee Theater in Waukegan because mm-hmm. it's a great theater and it's got a great staff and it's got a great uh, season brochure and you know maybe like a Chicago theater auditorium theater may not have been like the perfect fit for this but like you know like if I told the band that they were gonna go play the Chicago show in Waukegan Illinois I would have been fired you know like that's not Chicago you know, like that's not Chicago here? you know but in this like again like a lot of these performing arts centers are not typically based like downtown because downtown is expensive it's you're mm-hmm. dealing with IATSE so you're dealing with union stagehands you're dealing yeah. with uh, multiple different organizations that partake in a venues merchandise food and beverage parking etc 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 um, which just adds more cost to it so in order to keep in order for this show to keep ticket prices lower we need to be working with venues, with theaters directly that have the uh, infrastructure and ability to um, not have to spend all the additional money that like a major city hub might. And we're still pulling from Chicago, it's just a little outside of Chicago. Same thing with like our yeah. New York show and our Long Island show. Um, I mean, even LA, like we're playing LA and we're playing Anaheim. We're not playing San Diego, we're playing you know Anaheim. So we're pulling from like all these different markets. Um, you know, San Francisco is Oakland. Um, and again, like these theaters, I mean, Matt can attest and Evan can attest to it. These theaters are absolutely gorgeous places. It's just a little outside of what we're typically used to. And from, from somebody who has just spent half the tour on the road, it's been a blast to, <laughs> to see the fans and, and the band react when they get to go to a, one of these new venues for the first time. Be like, well, this is insane. I mean, we played Symphony Hall in Atlanta and the last time there was a disordered guitar, uh, on that stage was Alice Cooper. So. Jeez. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. So it's we are definitely cool. playing a tour plan. of the, without a doubt, the prettiest ceilings we've ever done. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. I've, I've been to the Genesis <laughs> Theater years ago when I was setting up a radio event, and I was like, wow, this is really pretty. And then I was like, wow, this took us a long time to get <laughs> from downtown Chicago to up here. <laughs> mm-hmm. We're yeah. making that trek. We're going to yeah. make that trek. Nice. But also again, uh, like we're like that twenty that that eighteen and twenty five year old demo doesn't really care about traveling, and the twenty five mm-hmm. to thirty five the ones that have kids do, and so they're gonna live in the burbs. They're gonna be easier to get out of this, to, to them to yeah. outside the Absolutely city rather true. than inside the city, right? and they're most likely going to have cars where us in the city we don't right. have cars to get us around. Just where that metro. Yeah, we're walking. We're, we're, <laughs> we're on the we're train. Doing, we're we're taking public transit people. We're taking Ubers. You're, you're we're taking whatever London we gotta to do. Me. To it's there. great. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Speaking my language. Taking a bus, taking the tube. Uh, just <laughs> carpooling. Apologies for my accent. Yeah, he's really, uh, Brian's really getting into it. You'll just let that was go. good. You didn't say tube. Yeah, I said tube. I've been to London one time. Not one time. I've been there once or a second time. I was going to make a joke because you said if I said we were going to play Waukegan, I would have been fired. And I was like, well, I saw y'all at the Displains Theater, which was a block away from where I grew up. So, uh, nah, <laughs> it's, yeah, it's okay. I saw you, I saw you in the mall parking lot in Aurora, mm-hmm. Illinois, yeah. 10 minutes from where I grew Shit, up. So I don't, all these shows? don't worry. Maybe, maybe, <laughs> maybe. Planes. Did I book that one? I think I might've booked it. When was that? Damn. Displains was, I want to say like 2013. Nope. Wasn't me. Okay. 
Yeah, Aurora was like yeah, well, 2009. Yeah. 2010. I was at both those. Don't remember that, them at those all. Guys <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> those guys got fired. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. They got fired. Those guys shouldn't have booked those shows. I do, yeah, I do remember like, Zoom. Right, 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 well, look who's in the driver's seat. Look who's in the driver's yeah. seat. Not that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Look who's in the driver's seat. See you in Waukegan. See you there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if you need any information about Glenside, Pennsylvania, oh, I'm your guy. Oh man, that's a. <laughs> Lenside, Pennsylvania is Philadelphia. It's three stops away from downtown on the one yeah. of the trains. <laughs> I feel like East Coast is just a little bit easier to get around to like all these like smaller a, towns. You have like a little cluster of like a bunch of states put together yeah. though. It's like one massive state, but it's not. It's called New England, yeah. <laughs> yeah. New England. New England, as opposed to Old so England. Good. They where, had to make, where, they, yeah. where they like their I'm tea. from Old England, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. So good, we needed a second one. <laughs> uh, I was gonna make another dumb joke, and I'm really glad I forgot oh, no. it. So we're just gonna let that go. Oh no, I was gonna ask you about. Oh no, came uh, back. Speaking of like being in choir and stuff in college, uh, my choir. Uh, the year before, we went to, or, or the the choir went to Scotland, went to Edinburgh. And uh, had a whole like week there, had a great time, performed in old churches. And I was like, oh, cool, I'm joining this choir. You know, last year they went to Scotland. I can't wait to find out where we go this year. And we went to Tiffin, Ohio. And I was like, yeah. well, uh, the theater it's in not Tiffin, Ohio? I know that Scotland. the band worked. No, we went to just like a, like a high school or some shit. Like we didn't go wow. to anywhere cool. But I was like, right, right, right. is this where Hawthorne Heights is from? Is this, Edinburgh. Where, <laughs> is this where yeah. Foot Lovers are from? <laughs> like, <laughs> I, I've heard of Tiffin. I, I don't yeah, know where it is. Oh, damn. That's too I, far from where they are then. <laughs> yeah. I know I, I have booked shows in Tiffin, Ohio. Is it the Ritz? <laughs> No. Yeah. Wow, that sounds yeah, fancy for tipping over. I, I can't I say am, that I remember a single moment of it. I'm, I may not remember all the shows that I book, but I got to remember most of the venues that I book at. <laughs> sure. Except for today on a call where I didn't remember a venue that I booked. Damn, it's like, that whiskey again. Just keep moving yeah, it. Oh, just moving yeah, it away. exactly. Day drinking, getting <laughs> catching up with you. I know. Well, I'm back in the office. I, I just spent. I I did the first like third of the tour and. uh you know, w wasn't in the office again, like because I because I work for an agency and um, they've been kind enough to let me be on the road. But now my wife is going to pick the tour up for the next fifteen shows, and so I get to be on single dad duty with her two and a half year old, and um, get to actually work once again. And then I'll pick up uh, the rest of it after Minneapolis. But it's been uh, I don't know how I don't know how Matt does it to be honest with you. Now that I've done that, and I'm glad I've seen the side of things as we as we talked mm -hmm. about. Um, there is no nice parts of touring. I don't think <laughs> everything is a rush. You're rushing to the bathroom. You're rushing to the shower. You're rushing back to the bus. You're rushing to sound check to just stand there. <laughs> it fit, it felt good to have. I mean, our joke is it's not a joke, but the idea that managers and booking agents they get to run us all ragged and they just get to stay home. Wonder why we're not ready to work again. Which, by the way, I've been home 26 days since April, so uh, we work. Oh, wow. Jeez, yeah. Um, but it was nice to have been in the trenches with us. It was very nice. 
He got to see. So he got to stand in line for is, a shower. It's been fun to watch. <laughs> so, what, so what I'm hearing is this may have been a setup just to show. Back. Yeah. <laughs> really yes. I would say that. Yeah. Everything's I was glad, a setup for me with this. Band. I was glad to have him out. He he's on a top bunk, so he's rocking all night. It's been great to. Treat him yeah, like yeah. shit. Treat him like Bullshit. shit a little bit. Yeah. yeah. Welcome. In, to- in my defense, I had yeah. in my defense, I had a middle bunk, and our our the, the merch guy for Hoffman for the past decade was like, man, I you know I've always had a top bunk, and I am not as nimble as I used to be. I'm like, dude, I will give you my I'll give you my middle. That's a really bunk. good impression. That's <laughs> right. And then Evan, first time I went to work, he's got the bottom bunk, but like I have to do like a whole. It's not my first like, time. Yo- though, you have to do like a just, yoga move I... to like slide into your into your bunk. <laughs> Yeah, I just get, I get like motion sick, like driving. So I'm like, a tour bus is already like, you know, no bueno for me. Yeah. You can only take so much drama until you're like, it's game over, man. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Evan's going to become a drama mean at the end of this tour. Oh, no. Yeah, a drama queen. To see you get that whiskey like, away from that band. Get, the whiskey totally. get it out of here. Get it out of here. Dude, I'm, we're gonna I'm be... as sober as a British guy can get. Which, you know, we're going to be in same. Waukegan, Illinois. We're going to look down and be like, that man's a drama queen. I'm not going to be able to listen to December's and cry like I usually. I'm yeah. be like, that man down there is a Yeah, he's just flowing. There's rocket ships everywhere. <laughs> That man's on a different type of rocket ship. Whoops. Exactly. Well, we got a few more minutes here. Um, so I want to give you a chance to shout out um, some plugs of like where people can follow everything to find out when it's coming to, you know, a, a local near near the city that they live in near them close enough to them. uh yeah so where, where can people find emo orchestra and all all the all the links and stuff yeah uh so emo dash orchestra www dot do people say www no they don't man no emo dash orchestra.com i don't ever have to do these it's very weird yeah. matt had to give me like a whole like this is how you this is how you do because usually like, i've done like i've done polestar interviews and billboard and i've done like I've spoken at colleges, but like I don't ever do like for the most part like interviews. Anyways, yeah. emo dot com, uh, you know, Instagram, all the other social medias are very easy to find. We're the only emo orchestra out there. Um, let's see here. Uh, I think those are the only plugs that I have. Matt. Um. Yeah. Those Hawthorne Heights on all the stuff. Um. Next year we're gonna do is for lovers again and hopefully bigger and better and that's about all is for lovers is gonna be fucking bananas next year Um, let's let's talk about that for a second so are are we gonna get a chicago date of is for lovers Mm -hmm. now why did you forget about us here we don't forget about you we just can i i'm gonna tell you the reason why um there's another festival called riot fest that we don't want to go up against (laughs) So that's, that's why fair. we'll never do Chicago. Well, we don't want but... to go up against them, and we want to do Riot Fest. So it's like we don't want to make awesome. it too bad, and we don't want to <laughs> because we just did it. It's awesome. Yeah. Not touching it. Keep doing awesome shit. So. Yep, <laughs> Riot Fest is great. We're we're great partners on all the other stuff that we do and the club shows that we'll play here and there. But no, we we don't really have plans to go to Illinois at this time unless it was like some crazy tertiary market. But yeah. um, we definitely. Uh, looking to go bigger and better for next year you know um 
It's been, as far as it is for Lover stuff, it's been crazy uh, exciting to work on it with the band, um, take their vision of, like, what this concept could be and um, really sort of just blow it up. You know, there's a whole scene of people that um, are, uh, I would say, dehydrated from the festival scene because they don't work with some of the rock festivals or... Um, they don't, you know, it's not like their cup of tea. And with Warp Tour being gone, and maybe there's other festivals that aren't like they're what they're looking for. We're trying to make this. We're trying to make Ace for Lovers a weekend, fun, nostalgic hang that you can bring the family to, uh, or you can come to by yourself and hang out and and uh, do all the fun stuff they used to do at Warp Tour. So yeah, next year's gonna be great. Evan. Plugs? You just you just reactivated an Instagram. No plugs. Oh, he just Evan has, new, Evan, I, Evan has a new Instagram. Evan has a new Instagram. I do. It's, uh... I forget that though. I'm like <laughs> I'm a hermit. I'm like I'm living the the hermit dream that everyone dreams of. Yeah. But like yeah, I do. It's um, Evan R it music. Evan R music. Evan R is in <laughs> helping me plug. Wow, and you're Robert. just throwing out his whole name out yeah. here like. Evan like, R yeah, music. just dox me. Go. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah. Evan R music. But then, yeah, and you didn't even say it's at emo orchestra as well. At no doubt. It's at emo underscore orchestra. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, that's yeah, it. yeah, yeah. Yeah. Emo underscore. Yeah, that's the only plugs I have. Cool. Sweet. Do you want to shout out any movies you're working on? I mean, now that. <laughs> Now that at least the writer strike is over, um, I feel like some people are like out. willing to do that, but I also don't want to be like, <laughs> shout out these yeah, movies. Or um, I don't care if I get in trouble a little bit at the end of an email and they can't <laughs> scare me, can they? But the, um, oh, exactly. uh, yeah, Aquaman 2 comes out soon. I, basically this month, right? I did something on that. Oh, I did orchestration on that. And um, uh, Call of Duty Modern Warfare 3 comes out next month, which I uh, did a bunch of... Uh, the same thing, arranging and orchestrating on that. So, um, yeah. Can I get can I get, can I get like game. a coupon code for that to, to get the new one? Because I haven't pre I haven't, <laughs> a free thing. I haven't pre-ordered it yet. <laughs> well, I, I actually ruined the game for me because we you know we see all the footage and the cutscenes and all the things. So it's like, I uh, I basically already done it. So like I'm it's it's fun, but also like you can never experience your favorite things like firsthand if you know what I mean. It's like you can only lead. What's the saying? You can lead each other to a treasure that you can't possess yourself or whatever. Yeah. It's that kind of thing. Um, so, um, but yeah, the short answer is no. You can't have anything from me. I've never heard that one, Evan. I've never heard of that in my life I've... either, homie. I'm oh, come on. You know, you, know, you know what it is. Um, yeah, what's the one about the drinking <laughs> horse? <laughs> it's a drinking horse. Yeah, I was like, oh, is this like just a different proverb? I was like, I don't think that this is what it is. Burn the hand and the bush. Yeah. yeah. You can put the whiskey farther from me, but you can't stop drinking it. Everybody, take your whiskey drink that I assume all of you have and just put it on the floor. I'm water. I'm water. There we go. Oh, my God. It was an Ikea proverb. You have to put it together yourself. Oh, yeah. All the pieces are there. Old Swedish proverb. Exactly, yeah. You put it. Something's there. Do you, since you know the story, is this the one where they finally pick up the phone when they're receiving the call of duty? Anyway, let's move on. Uh, thank you all for being on uh, the podcast. <laughs> and um, yeah, if you're listening at home, make sure to check them out. Make sure to go to the emo orchestra in your area. 
uh, if just because it sounds like it's something different in the music scene and and you're never gonna hear it, you're never gonna hear unless it again. Unless you're there, you gotta go to it now. the The supply and the demand is on the correct curve where you gotta buy a ticket and go to the show. <laughs> uh-huh. uh, we'll see you in Waukegan, uh, whatever way we gotta get there, um, tube or otherwise. Uh, and until we see you there, uh, Ben, Matt, Evan, uh, thank you so much yeah, for hanging out with guys. us for being on the pod tonight. Thank you guys for having us. Thanks for having us. Thank you for checking out this episode of the Emo Social Club podcast. If you liked the episode, make sure to rate it five stars on your favorite podcasting app. Five That's, stars only. It's all we're going to accept, honestly. Yeah. Five stars only. And honestly, we are a five star podcast so much so that you should nominate us for best music yes. podcast in all of Chicago for Chicago Readers 2023. Yes. So if you need the link again. It's in our description. It's in our show notes here. It's in our show notes. You're pointing down at not, she pointed down for the listener at home. Listen she pointed down in physical space. So look down. Some people, uh, yeah, they're the they're gonna have to look down at their phone and then look there. Yeah. So uh look on all of our social media as well. Uh remember that's email social club on uh fuck. <laughs> Damn, you're really <laughs> I was about to say YouTube. Uh, that's emo social club on Instagram. That is X emo social club X on Twitter. You can also watch the video version of this episode on our YouTube channel, emo social club on YouTube. Uh, and, and, you know, follow us on Twitch too, cause we're going to get back in this live streaming stuff. You probably noticed we haven't done these live streamed and that's because we moved over to a new platform. And honestly, we just want good quality pods. And sometimes that's, that's easier done off stream. So, yeah. uh, better pods, better pizza. Papa John's is what we say <gasps> here at the emo social club. Oh no, not Papa John's. Cause he's like, what are you doing? Not ordering Domino's anyway. Uh, <laughs> this is the emo social pizza podcast. <laughs> what do you guys have to sponsor us with? I know for sure only one of you has gluten free. So we'll return next <laughs> Tuesday with another episode of the emo social club. Remember, when we were young, it's common. Make sure to tune in. We no, got some we were, it's guests. Done. Well, by the time. Okay. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. It's coming. It's coming <laughs> next week when we were young. The interviews. I'm worried about Lizzie, y'all. And I think we need to have an intervention at the end of this podcast. What? I don't know. The kombucha? It's spilled everywhere. You're so drunk I'm so right sorry. now. <laughs> <laughs> uh. We'll return next week with our When We Were Young episode. Again, this is in the past, so here's fingers crossed. Yeah, hoping it went well. Uh, We've booked a lot of good acts, so make sure to tune in because we'll have all those interviews dropping. And uh, no spoilers, no spoilies. No spoilies at all. Yeah, so uh, yeah, from all of us here at the Emo Social Club, I'm Brian. And I'm Lizzie. Remember, no Rick and Morty. Never. Brian's going to threaten you, and I don't know what that really it's actually not a threat, looks it's a like. Promise. Damn. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm not in the mob. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for checking out this episode of the email. Let's just start it over. Fuck. Uh, garbage in, garbage out, man. All right, start that over again. I'm hungry, dude. I'm fucking hunger for the end of this episode. <laughs>